0: Hi, I'm Joan Goodchild, Director of Multimedia Content with ISMG. Today we're going to be talking about cyber insurance, a rising role in mitigating risk for CISOs, and our guest today is Tim Francis. He's Vice President and Enterprise Lead for Cyber Insurance with Travelers. Welcome, Tim. Thanks for having me. Now, Tim's going to be discussing cyber insurance at our upcoming panel on August 8th in new york and uh we're going to give a little preview of some of the things we're going to highlight over the course of that particular session maybe as a way of starting tim you could kind of go over with us what the state of cyber insurance is now in organizations is it pretty pervasive is it still a relatively novel thing for an organization to have invested in
1: i think this has been a moving target for for the last couple of years cyber insurance has certainly become much more commonly purchased than it used to be, but still not maybe quite there across all industry segments and all size companies as commonly purchased as some other traditional lines. It's getting there. I think more and more companies are understanding the value proposition, understanding potentially the necessity of cyber insurance. Uh, but there are still pockets um, and some large pockets that don't buy for, for one reason or another. And, and and frankly, that reason often is either lack of awareness of the, the coverage availability and what it does or confusion over exactly what is the right product or products for that particular organization. So a lot of work has been done, but still uh, a lot of ground to cover, I think.
0: Now, why do you think that is? Is there a hesitancy on the part of the CISO, or if it's not on their part, on, on some other particular division, why? Why do you think more organizations aren't investing in this at this time?
1: Uh, well, there's there's a number of reasons. I I think some of it, and, and historically has been, uh, for one reason or another, uh, a, a mindset that if an organization is concerned about protecting the organization from a, a cyber event that the dollars are best spent on shoring up the infrastructure and, and maybe over the years we've seen it, rightfully so the the understanding that cyber security protection is not only and sometimes not mostly even an it issue it's it's an hr issue it's, it's a number of things and, and that's working but sometimes those potential investments that could be made are still made in the prevention with a little bit of hesitance to admit that even the best organizations might be, unfortunately, not, not bulletproof and therefore uh, looking for a risk transfer solution. I think that's, again, changing a little bit, but I think there's been this mindset of, let's spend every ounce of energy and every resource on prevention and 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 less on understanding that there still could be a need to to deal with the fact that inevitably some events are just destined to take place despite adequate prevention.
0: You also were going to talk about why it's so critical for CISOs to get involved in these kinds of decisions. So if you're in an organization where the decision has been made that you know they're going to at least look at it, pursue potentially buying uh, insurance What are some of those initial first steps for the security executive to take to make sure that they're involved in being able to assess everything that needs to be considered when they're doing this?
1: I I think certainly the CISO needs to have good lines of communication and a seat at the table with the rest of the C-suite to talk about the availability of cyber insurance. And certainly the risk management uh, department and individual's responsible for risk management are also having a seat at that table, and hopefully having a dialogue and understanding, hey, look, here is all the steps that we need to take to prevent a cybersecurity event from from occurring within our organizations. But on the other hand, here's the the magnitude of event from if it should occur, here's the financial impact, here's the reputational impact, and, and making sure that they're understanding the value proposition. And so, often particularly for the rest of the C-suite in terms of how they're going to be judged and in terms of how management is going to be judged in, in terms of whether or not they've done all that could be reasonably done to prevent an incident. It's not just preventing the incident. It's managing the incident should it occur. And certainly having an insurance product that can address those issues is critical. And so should an event occur, and now you're understanding the financial implications. If if you're you're left in the aftermath of the event, footing a significant bill, uh, and a significant cost out of the coffers of the organization that could have been offset with a risk transfer product, that is probably going to be a tough conversation to to shareholders or, or to anyone else that's relying on the organization. And so, products are available for. Uh, any number of organizations virtually of any size in any industry. And there can be specifically tailored in terms of the limits available and the coverage options available for any organization. So uh, there's certainly no shame in a CISO recognizing that from even a job security standpoint, that you you certainly can't potentially uh, prevent every single incident from happening, no matter how good you are. And just understanding that there are insurance products out there in the unfortunate and and potentially unlikely, but very real possible scenario and where a cyber event does get through and and causes damage in the organization.
0: So how do you counter that argument that, you know, we kind of referenced earlier, they would rather see the money spent on security and security initiatives as opposed to Risk transfer protections I mean what you know how is travelers kind of countering those concerns and addressing them when they come up among potential clients
1: yeah I mean that that is a concern that we hear i I, I sometimes scratch my head and i I, I wonder about that um I, I think it's not different than any other insurance product in in the in this from the standpoint that no one really buys insurance hoping they're going to use it. Or even thinking that the likelihood that they will need it uh, is significant, but it's there in case essentially all else fails, right? It's there as a backstop. That that's what its job is. And so, for the dollar spent com- compared to the protection uh, achieved, that to me seems like a, a very smart allocation of resources. And instead of kind of a, a a misallocation of money seems actually like a prudent purchase, right? And every organization would have their own risk tolerance. But unless the organization is seriously thinking that the the money spent on prevention will truly prevent a a risk, I think that they're they're frankly misguided uh, in thinking that they can have 100% security. And, And I would go so far as to say that you really shouldn't even be talking about prevention as a certainty, right? You're really talking about mitigation, You're really talking about reducing the chances that an event should take place. And, and by all means, we hope customers are investing in that space and operating prudently. And frankly, one of the things that we would evaluate as we're ascertaining whether to provide coverage. But I, I think it's Frankly, incredibly naive if they if they think that they, that there is not the possibility that an event might still take place despite what otherwise would be reasonable protection.
0: Now, last question is, you know, where does this still have to go? I know that you know when I talk to you know some of the folks that I cover and talk to in my career, uh, when we're talking about cyber insurance specifically, you know, there's some a lot of questions kind of around what does it cover? You know, I was having this conversation the other day about, for example, ransomware. If you've got a ransomware infection on your hands on a machine or even the entire network um, that needs to be addressed, if you pay that ransomware, is that covered by the insurance or is related damage covered? I mean, what kind of questions are you hearing and what still kind of needs to be figured out when it comes to these policies?
1: Well, sure, and, and part of a state of the market there are a tremendous amount of insurance products now available and that that's a good thing in many ways and yet since no one product is the same as another it creates some confusion as to what really the coverages do and what is the right uh, product for an organization and 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 to be perfectly honest i don't envy an organization having to make those decisions and it's it's why there's more and more agents and brokers dedicated to kind of serving that need that aside and because of the competitive landscape, and because there's agents and market it brokers and carriers that are continuing to evolve coverage, we've seen you know significant changes and significant broadening of coverage terms and limits over over the years. And so it, it would be impossible, almost in in just a short uh, few minutes, to go through all of the coverage iterations and features. But ultimately just thinking about that extortion question right any cyber coverage is going to have multiple coverages available within it that might respond to various elements of the extortion so if we think about a typical ransomware event where you have you know the systems that are that are being compromised right the threat is underway the the payment of the ransom often can be covered and and should be covered the potential damage right if that extortion event does encrypt data. The cost to try to unencrypt the data, to try to figure out a way to get that system back up and running can often be part of the, the equation. And, and not just the dollar spent on that, but access to experts that might come in and, and, and advise on that. Frankly, it, it's not uncommon to see what looks like a ransomware event really be a pretext to a data exfiltration. So somebody's using ransomware and, and while IT resources are focused on dealing with that situation, other parts of the network are vulnerable and there's data exfiltration. So often these things are intertwined and, and in addition, you might be unable to operate your systems for a period of time and therefore unable to operate your business. More importantly, unable to, to generate income and the cyber policies, when configured correctly, can address all of those issues. And so it's not just any one prong. It's often kind of a spider web of, of different issues that are all interconnected and can be rolled up into a cyber policy.
0: Well, Tim, I'd like to thank you for joining us today. I appreciate your comments.
1: I appreciate the opportunity. Thank you very much.
0: For ISMG, I'm Joan Goodchild.